Camp, 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 Radio. Camp, Radio. Camp Radio. Camp Radio. Camp Radio. Welcome to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Camp Radio, discussing trends and issues that will encourage ministries and churches in their efforts to impact people for Christ. To learn more about TN Baptist Camps, visit us at tnbaptistcamps.org. Now, today's Camp Radio. Thank you for joining us on Camp Radio. My name is Kevin Peerage, and I'll be your host. Today we have with us uh, Wes and Holly Ford. Uh, uh, Wes is the student pastor at Red Bank Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Wes and Holly, thank you for joining us today and just uh, taking some time. You're here during YC Camp, so this is really your lunch time. You're missing out on lunch to <laughs> sit in on me, so I don't know if that's good or bad. Oh, it's got to be bad because we got good food. So, <laughs> so uh, why don't you all tell me a little bit about yourself? Well, first, thanks for having us on. It's a privilege to get to talk with you today. And uh, Holly and I met in high school. Um, we're high school sweethearts. Uh, we were married when she was 18 and I was 20. Oh, wow. We just celebrated 17 <laughs> years of... That's the, that's the normal response. <laughs> yeah. We just celebrated 17 years of marriage. Uh, we've had the privilege to serve in uh, local Tennessee churches for those 17 years. Um, we got two children. You want to tell them about our kids? Sure, yes. Um, we do have two children. Jackson is um, starting his seventh grade year, uh, which is crazy that he's actually in the student ministry now and Annabeth will be in fifth grade uh, next year and they are anything but boring yeah <laughs> so you have two kids mm-hmm. and uh so having having dogs or cats or no, no my husband's allergic to everything oh, so yeah. we did vote one time we voted um whether or not to get a dog or to get rid of dad and both the kids voted to get rid of dad, but I said my vote counted twice, so it was wiped out. <laughs> we kept him. Well, congratulations. Thanks. It was a close one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I understand. I have uh, I have two girls, and, and uh, we have a dog, and I grew up with dogs, but I actually am allergic to dogs, certain oh. types of dogs. So we actually, when we decided to have a dog at our house, uh, of course, my, my wife said she always had an indoor dog. I always had an outdoor dog. So we compromised and got a hound dog inside. And I had the, the hound dog I'm not allergic to. So every time we look for a dog, I have to go pet it and then wait a day and see how I'm feeling. So, but that's just, you know, weird <laughs> me. But anyway, so you've been at, uh, how many, how long do you say you've been at Red Bank? It's five years. We've been there five years now. Five years. Now, are you originally from Chattanooga? So we're from Knoxville. We met in oh. high school in Knoxville. And then we served for about seven years at, um, um, Holly's grandfather's church, uh, New Hope Baptist Church. They also had a, they have a small Christian school uh, that's K through eight, um, about 70 students that we, we both worked at as um, I went to Bible college online. And then God called us to First Baptist Church in Rockwood, Tennessee. We served there for about seven years. And now we've been in Chattanooga at Red Bank for the last five. Now I have to go back. Okay. So I'm assuming if you were 17 or was it 17 or 18? 18. 18. Yeah. So she wasn't too far out of high school, right? Uh, about a month. About a month. <laughs> so where did you, you y'all met in Knoxville? Yeah, we met, we met in actually an ensemble class in high school. And uh, she had a boyfriend at first. and um, You fixed that. I did fix that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so well, let's uh, just talk about a little bit about your ministry. Um, uh, just tell me about, uh, I know you've been in student ministry for a while, but what's your passion for ministry? I was going to define passion for ministry. It would be the fact that Jesus 
still calls students, he still calls people out of the grave, that he has the power to raise the dead in sin to life, who then can glorify him. In our student ministry time, we've tried to kind of develop a balance uh, in the things that we focus on. And so uh, we try to have a focus in, in four, really four different key areas. Um, so discipleship and worship, where we want students to be grounded in the word. We want to teach them to follow and worship a risen Savior. We also want to provide Christian community. We want a place where students can be encouraged, where they can be um, sharpened, where they can be loved, where they can feel safe to be authentic and real, where they can be strengthened by their peers and by their leaders. Uh, we also want to focus on challenging our students to share their faith, to be evangelistic, um, to bring students who are lost to events, to activities that we have where gospel is going to be shared, and also to share their own story. And then lastly, to provide opportunities for students to serve, to serve in the local church, to serve on mission, where they know they can be involved in what God's doing in building his kingdom. Yeah, and we're really passionate about students knowing that they don't need to wait. They don't have to wait until they grow up. I think, especially church kids, we have this mentality that, oh, well, I've got time to do all that later. I got time to serve the Lord later. And we are trying to raise up leaders in the church that will start serving, you know, from the time they're kids all the way up. So we're real passionate about that too. Now, are you, you are, you, your full-time job is, is a, is a mother? Yes. Okay. Yes. Which it is. That is very full-time. Yeah, it is full-time. <laughs> sure. Well, and I wanted to see too, just kind of express what's your real role in this ministry here? Well, I am first and foremost a wife and a mom. There's a balance there that is tricky uh, in ministry, and most most pastors' wives are can attest to that. I am a registered nurse. I haven't been working the last year, really. I've been trying to focus on ministry. I felt the Lord calling me into a, more of a full-time role um, of ministry a couple of years ago. Um, so I'm I'm also attending Southeastern Seminary and uh, excited about that journey in itself. But um, my role within student ministry has always been very active, uh, and that's not. I don't come. We don't go to a church where that is uh, pressed on me. It's no obligation to me. It's just I want to leverage the gifts, the talents, the abilities that God's given me for his glory. And student ministry right now is where he has us and has for the last 17 years. And so I teach, I lead worship, I disciple all the things, and I love every minute of it. What kind of impact do you as a couple uh, in your relationship, how does that impact your students? I think that one of the things that students um, across the nation can learn from their student pastor and his wife is a model of a way to interact with their future spouse. You know, not every student has mm -hmm. a great model at home of how a husband should treat a wife, how a wife should treat a husband, how we should be that picture, that example that the Bible talks about, about Christ and his bride. Um, and so obviously that's one huge way. Also, for me, there's conversations that need to to be able to happen, there's conversation that should happen with young ladies, that it's a lot better if my wife is able to have those conversations. Um, and so through the years of ministry that we've been in, um, Holly's been blessed to have high school, middle school students, a lot of young ladies to pour into, that even from former churches still call with struggles or difficulties mm -hmm. and ask for advice, even since we've been here in Chattanooga. It's such a privilege. I will tell you, um, I believe Wes has officiated the weddings of 
five, six of our former students oh, wow. who were in student ministry together. Like they found their spouses yeah. in student ministry, which is, well, first it makes me feel old, yeah. but <laughs> at the same time, it's just really cool to see, you know, God orchestrating, you know, at the time we didn't know what he was doing in their lives. And it's just been a blessing to watch. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and as a youth pastor, I'm sure you're, you're thinking, you know, you always get some youth there kind of get together and they're your boyfriend, girlfriend, you're always a little, you know, you're a little nervous. Okay. Everybody behave himself. Everybody's good. Stay away from each other. And, but it's neat to come back and see that they actually uh, get married and, yes. and, and you've been such an influence on, on them because of uh, your ministry together and them seeing you interact. And just like what you said, I think that's such, that's so important. So I think that means a lot. I don't know, and there may be some others. I don't know very many youth ministries that they can say they've had that many spouses come out. It's been of that a youth. lot. Yeah, yeah. So that's good. Yeah, we actually had one last summer that um, they met. Well, they didn't meet, but they started. Their relationship started, yeah. At camp. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> it started at an overnight camp like this. Yeah. That that relationship started and grew into that's God fun. bringing them together. Well, I met my wife at camp. But it's a little different with me since I, this is what I do, camp. <laughs> I actually interviewed her as a staff person. Not here, of course, obviously. We've been married for 30 years, but anyway. So what, let's talk about the, the future. And and both of you, being in the youth ministry for so long, and have we've all survived COVID, uh, what do you see in the future for youth ministry? I know that youth guys are struggling right now, trying to determine what to do, like especially in the summertime. What's my students really want? the old things that they used to do, is it really effective? I know that's on their minds, but there's lots of other areas too within your ministry. You all have become a little bit more defined, but so what do you kind of see in the future in youth ministry? Well, I hope that student ministry in the future will continue to kind of trend towards a focus of training students to follow and serve, to share their faith, to be involved in the work of the church at large, not just to be a silo or a segment of the church that no one else is invited to. Um, and so, you know, I pray that that will continue to happen in churches across our state and across our country. I think also too, culture has this narrative and our society tells the story about students and them being incapable and them being that this is a phase that they'll one day grow out of, that they'll one day be able to be on mission, that they'll one day be able to impact the kingdom. And that if we just put them in this place over here, in this place we call the student center for a while, then they'll grow up and eventually be able to be part of the church. Mm-hmm. But I, I've seen a trend in churches in which that's not the case anymore, where students are becoming involved in mm-hmm. the ministry of the church, where they're asked to be a part of serving uh, services or serving senior adults or serving in their community. And they're, they're being challenged not to think about one day living on a mission field, but they're being challenged to live every day on that mission field, whether it's in the locker room or whether it's in the lunchroom that right now God wants to use them. Um, I think also um, some of the technology that we feared over the last year that we've had to use just this extra bit of technology in ministry that God is using it. Uh, It is being used and it will continue to be used to impact student ministry in the future. Yeah, and I think we have to learn from Paul. The gospel doesn't change, but we must learn to contextualize it to the culture that we live in. And right now, technology is it. That is the culture. And we actually had a student who came on this trip with us. Um, and she's from California, just moved south of Atlanta a year ago. 
is two and a half hours away from our church. And the reason she's on this trip is because her mom found us because we were using social media and had used an SLU uh, 101 hashtag. And she was looking for a church to send her daughter to um, for SLU 201 because their church wasn't doing it. And she gave her life to Christ on this trip awesome. that she's on because her mom basically stalked us yeah, on, yeah. <laughs> on social media. And, and it's just, it has been surreal to watch God use technology in such powerful ways. Yeah. And, and uh, so many churches are afraid of it, but, mm-hmm. uh, but many are grasping it. Yes. And, and we live in a, a world that, uh, well, even before COVID, especially youth are very connected with technology mm-hmm. today. I know that, and maybe your students, I don't know what you did during the COVID. They were, they were having so many Zoom meetings, they were Zoomed out, you know. <laughs> they, they couldn't stand it. And, and plus, their school was doing it, and my mm-hmm. kids were like, we don't even want to be doing any video, anything anymore, you know. But I know it's very difficult, but it's, it is changing lives. For sure. Well, now, tell me a little bit about, I know something that you all are working on is called the Family Tree. Now, I think this is such an innovative way and a, and a new way uh, to be able to share Christ with a, a youth uh, student ministry can uh, equip and to be able to train their students how to do this. Share with me first about where it came about and how it, it can be used and what you're doing with it today. So we were in a student ministry staff meeting and we were talking about just different ways that we could promote the the church and the ministry in the schools that our students are in. Uh, we have students from many different schools across the city. So it started out with an idea of we want a sticker that um, students can use because students love stickers. They put them on their water bottle, on their laptop. They're seen by others that might promote our ministry. And the conversation kind of grew into, well, what if we don't do a sticker that promotes our ministry? Mm-hmm. What if we give them a resource or a tool that will help them share the gospel? And I think that passion and birth of that in the student ministry meeting was really cultivated by our senior pastor, Pastor Sam Greer, who just has a heart for gospel conversations. Mm-hmm. He has a passion for leading the church and sharing their faith in their daily lives. So we came up with this idea, well, let's create a sticker that would uh, be a picture, a single image in which students could look at and they could share their faith. And so we took it to our graphics design team and then we took the idea to our pastor and he loved it so much. He was like, hey, we're not going to do this with students. Let's do it with the whole church. Let's provide <laughs> this resource for others. And so he took the idea and the image and he developed a way to share the gospel. We developed an app um, through our family tree in which students and adults and children can use it to, to share their faith. Is there a certain amount of training that you have to go through, or is it pretty much uh, very simple that, that a person can look at it? And, and of course, I guess your pastor has has more of an outline of how to, to lead someone across with it, right? Yeah, so um, he helped develop the outline. In, in the tree, there's really three trees in one. Uh, the forbidden tree, so uh, the left side of the tree is dead. There's not leaves on the branches. There's a fruit hanging with a bite taken out of it. So it reminds us about uh, creation and sin and how that sin caused death and separation from God. Um, and then the second part of the tree is the forgiveness tree, and it's represented by three nails and a crown of thorns. Mm-hmm. So it reminds us that even though we're sinners, we're separated from God, and we can't fix it, God loved us so much. He sent Jesus. Jesus came and he lived a perfect life. And he died on the cross. He dropped, He died on the tree. He bore our sins on a tree. And they took him off that tree. They put him in a tomb. Three days later, 
he rose from the dead. He's not on the tree anymore because he's alive. He's not on our family tree because he's alive today. The third part of the tree, the forever tree, the right side of the tree, which is represented by leaves and life, it's the life that we can have. We can be a part of God's family forever if we accept that free gift that God offers through Jesus. So the picture's kind of simple. On the app, if you search in the app store, Our Family Tree, it walks you through how to use 1 Peter 2.24 and how to share the app. And there's some training videos on there as well. So people can use the app as a tool. People can use the app as the way to actually show someone or they can get a sticker and and show them through the picture as well. You know, and I really do appreciate the work that you did. There's there are churches that uh, use they'll come up with these great incredible ways to be able to share Christ or disciple their youth and and they'll use it internally, which is great. But to be able to have the opportunity to share it with the world, mm-hmm. that's even better. We we're all on the same team and we're all working together to be able to reach people for Christ. So if we can all do this effectively by the great minds that God gives those who are in ministry to uh, just discern what he, he is, his desire is. We can be able to do this in the times that's more fitting, like today. And who knows, maybe two years ago before COVID, this may not have been effective or even really came about. Mm-hmm. But through the process, even right before and that time during, all this kind of fell together, which I think is neat. And it really is multi-generational because like my daughter who is going into fifth grade, so her fourth grade year was was last year and she would wear the shirt to school. Um, She's a t-shirt girl and she would wear the shirt to school and she'd hop in the car when I'd pick her up and she said, I share the gospel today, mom. They were asking about my tree again. (laughs) So it's super easy even for, you know, the children's ministry to use as well. Now, if you get the app, do you order the, the t-shirts or there's a way to get order that information or, or how does that work? Yeah, so the app's free on the app store. So if you search Our Family Tree, um, you can download the app. Um, and then under the resource tab, it's got a link to our pastor's website, Gospel Conversations. And um, there is uh, some information on there where you can request uh, different items. So we, the church has a group of stickers in which if a church wants to order them from us, they can um, because we order them in bulk. They're a lot cheaper than if they were just to if we were just to send them the image and they, they were order the sticker themselves. Well, I was just curious. I can see my girls that they, they love T-shirts too wearing <laughs> that. So I know their friends are always asking them about that because they get. You know, they work at camp, they get all these shirts, like like a shirt I got on, yes. you know, YC camp. So they get all this, and so kids are always asking. So to have a witnessing tool as a shirt was is a neat thing. I could see them really uh, trying to get me to get them some shirts. I was just curious. But uh, let's kind of move on a little bit. I know that, um, you know, during COVID time, and even right now, I think this is, I don't know if now is harder than it was during COVID or not because the students are still trying to figure out things you know they they've come out of this time they if they if they weren't doing everything virtual they were kind of going to school and they were kind of separated it was real weird how do you minister to those uh, students right now i mean has it become more challenging than before or uh, has it become easier i think it's pretty similar i think that a lot of the struggles are are the same. One of the things that I think has benefited in the last year or so is students' schedules have slowed down. Mm. That as um, sports, as school like extra activities were limited, um, students found themselves with more time. I know that a lot of times as parents, we might get our priorities mixed up 
when it comes to our, our own kids, even Han ourself, we're sometimes helping train our kids for success in the world's eyes, whether it's grades, whether it's sports, um, sometimes takes a front seat or a, a priority over training our kids to their relationship with the Lord and their love for him and their desire to want to, to know him more. So I think that's been um, one thing that I guess has been easier up until a few months ago, as schools have opened back up, as sports have opened back up, students seem to just be busy again. And um, that's one of the things that we love about camp is it's a concentrated time <laughs> to limit the distractions and focus on the Lord. Well, and, and typically this, this week is dead week. And I don't know if they're still observing that since through COVID or not. So it makes it a little easier. But I, I wanted to ask you too, I've read this and we've I've heard it on the news and different studies that family the family seems to be a little tighter now because of covid have have you experienced that at the church now yeah i would say that the first few months in initial quarantine kind of forced families to spend time together that they weren't normally doing where they were limited in their actual physical interaction with others um it kind of helped develop a deeper relationship within the family units do you think that that families are uh expecting to do more things together you know, within the church, church activities that they're all, instead of being kind of separated, kind of doing their own things, but want to do, I'm just throwing out something similar to like a family camp, things that they can do together, some sort of outings the church provide. Do you feel that? Or do you feel like, or even send them to camp, do the parents seem to be more engaged? Like, well, let me think about send like, you know, I, my, my girls are, you know, they, they're going to go to huge camp in a couple of weeks and, I'm thinking, I don't really want them to go. I want them to be here with me. <laughs> Do you find that that's more so now? I don't think so. I I, I haven't seen that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what you were talking about, about the family unit growing closer, we experienced that in our own family, yeah. um, for sure. You know, being, even though there was a lot of work because ministry did not stop. If anything, that was probably... The, the busiest year for us in ministry so far has been 2020. But just that at that added time at home with the kids, certainly we were closer together, but we also experienced this overwhelming need for community, even outside our family. And that was just kind of dropped there for a bit. And so I think parents and, and students are eager to get out and, into their community. I would hope that they they were already doing it together. Um, Our church does provide a lot of opportunities for that. So I would hope that, that, that they were doing that before, but um, that's probably not something that we've seen like a a drastic change in, I guess. Well, I know that you, you expressed that you as a family drew close together. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that we, I was sharing devotion yesterday with you guys that I think a lot of people, a lot of our congregations don't think about the ministers, what they were going mm-hmm. through during this time, or even what they're feeling right now. What was during that time away uh, in COVID? I say away, we're not away. And I, and I know you were extremely busy, more so than ever. Was that really stressful? I would say that it was. it was stressful mainly because everything was different. It wasn't the routines that we were used to. And so um, it was also exciting. It was exciting to try to tackle and and figure out solutions to new problems and ways that we could connect with people when they couldn't be on campus. And then once they could, how to keep them safe and then how to reintroduce ministries back into the normal routine. And so um, I think that it was definitely physically and mentally exhausting. (laughs) But yes, 
also it was so rewarding and so challenging and just an exciting time to see God work in a in a way that we wouldn't have seen otherwise. And God certainly used it too, even in our own church, pretty in in a pretty incredible way because of COVID that gave us opportunity and a passion and a drive um, to use online technology um, to get, share the gospel and to get to, to get the gospel out um, and solid preaching out, biblical expository preaching out. And uh, we actually launched uh, an online campus at our church oh, yeah. that is um, geared toward an online audience. Half of the team I guess you would call it a service team or running the cameras, the sound, um, coffee baristas, half of them are our students. And it is incredible to watch them and how they've just, they've come back, yes, to church in person because it's also offered in person. It's called Point Church Online. It's also offered in person, but it's, it's incredible to see how the students are used in in that way and to reach the gospel across the screen even. That's neat that they, yeah. they'd be able to feel like they can engage oh, sure. in something that's more than just their student ministry, yes. but something that affects their whole church. That's neat. Mm-hmm. So what do you feel like that right now is the biggest need that uh, you're challenged to try to meet within your student ministry? Well, I think it's the need for us to be real with our students. I think of what I've noticed in you know 17 years of student ministry this generation mm-hmm. of students are yearning for us to be real and authentic with them. They are tired of fake. They see right through it. They want us instead of putting on um, a picture perfect face every time we're in the church or on our social medias. Instead, they, they want us to be open about our struggles, our sins, the temptations we still have, because that's not just going to go away when you grow up. Um, they want us to be uh, real and authentic with them about that. As, as time continues on, you know, we're going to kind of look into the future and um, trying to, to adapt and find out what the, the students' needs are. And I know that's kind of a difficult time uh, within, within our church. But, it, but so like you said, it's a very exciting time that mm-hmm. we can see God begin to work and teach us. Uh, I'm kind of reminded of uh, Job during the time, his, his, probably at his lowest time, that uh, God revealed to him that there was going to be uh, a uh, Redeemer. And uh, he wasn't taught that. I mean, it wasn't, you know, he didn't have a book, but God just revealed it. And those are the special times that he reveals things to us that are critical in our ministry and critical in our lives, but he continues to speak. So it, it's neat that we can experience that during, especially during these times. One last thing I wanted to ask you, and, you know, here you are at camp, and, and we all have different uh, answers to this question. But does it really impact your church if you take your kids, your students, away overnight for a couple of nights or a night? Is that worth taking all the effort to do? Does that impact not only your, your students, but your entire church as well? Yeah, I would say if we have a student who attends a one-hour regular program that we provide, so say they attend our midweek program every single week for the entire year, we would have 52 hours of influence in the life of that student. 
And in this week alone at camp, we have over 70 hours of waking influence with every student who comes. And it's not just a time to influence and disciple, but it's a time to build community and relationships with one another. It allows us as leaders to pour into our student leaders. It allows them to strengthen and nurture relationships that they have and are developing with one another. And honestly, it's a huge impact to the other 51 weeks of the year. Mm, Of course, I think camp, uh, camp ministry and going to retreats and summer camps are a good thing, or I wouldn't uh, be doing this. Uh, you know, God called me into uh, camping ministry, well, almost 30 years ago. So, uh, and, and I, I believe in, I've seen many people come to know Christ, and I've had the privilege to be able to lead people to Christ too. So it's a neat, neat opportunity. I know how it changes lives too. Guys, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule this week and then be able to sit down with me and just share your heart about your ministry and what God's doing. Uh, so thank you very much for thank you. Thank yeah, you thanks time. again. Uh, for those who are listening right now, if if you are listening on uh, uh, iTunes or Spotify, please leave a comment or join us or follow us so other people can uh, listen to this uh, great resource. Also, if you have any questions for uh, Holly or Wes or what we do at TM Baptist Camps, please send us an email at ccinfo@tmbaptist.org. Until next time, I hope that you look for opportunities to start a conversation about Christ with someone you know. Thanks for listening to Camp Radio, a podcast production of TN Baptist Camps, the official camps and conference centers of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded from tnbaptistcamps.org. The ministries of Carson Springs and Linden Valley are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptistcamps.org.